Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Minnesota Tim podcast. And before my next new guest comes on the Minnesota Tim podcast, please rate and review the podcast wherever you are currently listening to this podcast. I would greatly appreciate that. Rate and review the show right now. Okay, so my next guest on the Minnesota Tim podcast is the most brutally honest man I have ever met in my entire life. He will tell it like he thinks it is, regardless of if you're in the room or not. My next guest, Cole, the brother of Nate, is on the Minnesota Tim podcast. Cole, thanks for taking time to join the pod today. Oh, man. Thanks, Minnesota Tim, and looking forward to it. Yeah. Did you watch the Vikings game on Sunday in London? Yes, I did. Good to see a double doink go our way. Yeah. I asked you that before the show started, and you seemed like sad that you watched. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think that game should ever be that close against the Saints without their starting running back, with their backup quarterback, and without one of their offensive linemen. But, you know, a win is a win, and I'll take it. So you're a little disappointed that the Vikings didn't win by more. A little bit, yeah. Same with the Lions game. It just seems like uh, we're better than we're showing. So three and one, you're like content, you're disappointed. I mean, that's a pretty good record. After four games, if I told you the Vikings were going to be three and one, would you be pretty happy with that? Yeah. No, I'm, I, I definitely am. I think this has been the easier part of our schedule. Um, a little nervous about the upcoming stretch that we have, but three and one, I, I'm happy with. I, I really am. I was hoping for four and zero. I didn't think we'd lose to the Eagles, a little less get killed by them, but it's the point where we're at, right? Yeah. So, what about the Vikings versus Saints game stood out to you the most? What's your reaction after the double doink victory uh, for the Minnesota Vikings? First reaction is it's uh, <clears throat> a little too similar to last year in the sense that uh, we're putting up points. We're doing fine. Kirk went down in a, a stretch where he needed to get points on the board, and we did. Um, and then Two we weeks in around. a row, by the way, did it against the Lions, touchdown yep. pass to K.J. Osborne, and did it against the Saints. Back-to-back Absolutely weeks right. of clutch Kirk. And, and I'm not mad about it. Not mad at all. And this is another, we'll call it how you want, but I would say relatively a primetime game. It's the only game people are watching that early in the morning. It's in London. Um, I, yeah, no, happy with the way Kirk played, happy with the way the offense has looked. It's the defense for me. That's mm-hmm. just, we cannot give up that many points, especially to the likes of the Saints. I will say for the Lions, they are putting up points in everybody. So can't be too mad about it. But the Saints, a little bit different story. Again, a win is a win. And when I look around the NFL, this is my stance on the whole thing, because um, as a loyal listener of the Minnesota Tim podcast, I'm sure you've heard these takes already, but I'm going to share them with you again um, now that we're face to face and I can get your live reaction to, to what I'm <laughs> to what I'm saying. Um, 
The Denver Broncos are struggling. They just lost to the 0-3 Raiders. Uh, Mm. Chiefs won this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they lost to the Colts. There are a lot of teams struggling in the NFL. There are a lot of teams that have lost games that they shouldn't have lost. And I would say, I mean, with how the Eagles have played through the first four games of this season, that probably isn't a game that the Vikings should have won. They should have played closer than 24 to seven. The Eagles aren't 17 points better than the Vikings Uh, cousins, three interceptions, all three of them in the scoring area really ruined the Vikings chances of winning that game. But to defeat the saints, the saints have a good defense scored Mm -hmm. 28 points to score. I mean, the lions don't have a good defense. This gave up 48 points to the Seahawks, but again, a win is a win. And in the NFL this year, a lot of teams have lost games that they should have won. You're absolutely right. And you're, and you're right on the Eagles too. I think the Eagles are looking extremely tough. They have a really good defense. Jalen Hurts has really capitalized on some of the hype he was getting preseason. And uh, yeah, not mad about the Eagles loss going into it after the showing against Green Bay. I was expecting a little bit more, but not mad about it. So Jalen Hurts, early MVP vote? Oh, yeah. Gosh, really? got to be. For sure. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, not for sure. Early early MVP vote, he's got mine. Okay. Over Josh Allen? For sure. Okay. Okay. And one more quick thing before we get into the um, Minnesota Vikings Saints game, a little bit more of it. So Nate came on the podcast, your brother, and I'm pretty sure he sent you the clip. Well, I sent you the clip, but I'm sure you were pretty sure you heard the clip. He's very excited, very um, enthused about his fantasy football squad. He, he thinks he's going all the way, and he thinks he's going to win the title this year. Do you have <laughs> – you're making a face right now. Do you have any, like, response to his bold statement that he thinks he's going to win it all? Nate's very much a glass-half-full type of guy. <laughs> Which I respect, but uh, looking at his team, looking at some of the other teams, including mine, Nate's not winning. Really? So, oh, no. well, what what do you got on your team? Oh, man, I got Jonathan Taylor, uh, who's, you know, a little underperformed this year, but that's beyond the point. Um, that's not beyond the point. It's fantasy football. He underperforms. It hurts your team. Well, he's getting the carries. He's getting the rushing attempts. It's it's going to turn around for him. Oh. Uh, not not too worried about his production. <laughs> so you're going to tell me that Nate's a glass half full guy, and then you're going to come with <laughs> Jonathan Taylor uh, is underperforming this year, but he's going to come around. Well, he he is. No one's getting the amount of carries that he is. Maybe maybe Saquon, but neither one of us have Saquon Barkley. So okay. Beyond the point as well. Sorry, sorry. I'll let you continue here. I just wanted to pull coals in your argument. That's all. No, yeah, fair. Uh, Mike Williams has really performed well. Uh, CD Lamb is the only receiver there, in my personal opinion. I have uh, Jalen Hurts, my QB, who's playing extremely well. I am weak at uh, tight end, but I just picked up former Vike Tyler Conklin, and mm-hmm. he's actually been doing okay for the Jets. Um, all in all, I'm not mad at my team. I don't think I have a championship team. Uh, unless some of these guys pick it up. Uh, but Nate doesn't either. Max, our cousin, definitely going to win the league. Really? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's a that's the kind of honesty that we get from Cole on the Minnesota Tim Pockets. He says he's <laughs> not going to win it all. He says Nate's not going to win it all, but his cousin Max is going all the way. Maybe I need to get cousin Max on the pod uh, to uh, get his enthusiasm, his enthusiastic thoughts on the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Um, okay, back to the Vikings' victory over the Saints. So, 
my reaction to the game. Uh, the Vikings won. Great they won. I agree with you. They should have won by more points than they did. I thought the offense looked really good, but they didn't pounce on the opportunities that were given to them. When Andy Dalton fumbled, we kicked a field goal. When they muffed the punt, we kicked another field goal. Justin Jefferson dropped the touchdown. Um, Munt dropped the third and one, and then the Vikings kicked another field goal. Um, I think the offense looked more similar to week one than they did against the Lions and the Eagles. Uh, that's not obviously not too hard to do since they performed pretty poorly against the Lions and the Eagles. So I'm higher on the offense than I was coming after the Eagles Lions game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think Kirk has looked really good. I think we had a lot of drop passes, which I don't, you can chalk it up to early season. I think we'll figure that part out. Um, but again, kind of circling back to that defense piece. I mean, how many how many minutes or seconds did we give them after we had scored there, and they just needed a field goal? They almost got there. I mean, that that double doink he did not give them much time left. <laughs> twenty four point, yeah, twenty four seconds after we kicked the game winning field goal, the Saints had with zero timeouts left, and then Harrison Smith got hit in the nuts. Uh, so the Vikings did have to call a timeout after they completed the pass to Olave. That's right. That's right. I do have a question for you, Minnesota Tim. Yeah. Uh, with the Vikings game. Did you hear the whole thing with uh, the Saints got there on Tuesday? Vikings got there. They left Thursday on the red eye. So they got in Friday morning. So they had one walk through. Do you think that affects anything? Ah, uh, man. I wish I could share more about that if I've been to London before, but I've never been to London before. Um, I have been to Hawaii before. And I think London six hours in front of us. Hawaii mm-hmm. is six hours or around six hours behind us. And I know when we went to Hawaii for our honeymoon, it was awful. I mean, it was, I mean, the honeymoon was great. I'm not saying the honeymoon was, <laughs> wasn't wasn't great. I'm saying the time difference, the jet lag was awful. I mean, I got to Hawaii and we got there at like I don't know six or seven o'clock at, in the evening time. Well, that's one or two o'clock our time. And it's right. dinner time in Hawaii, and it's like, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. I'm ready for bed, and the party's just about to get started. So it took me a couple of days to get used to that Hawaii time. I'm sure it took time for um, the Saints and the Vikings to get accustomed to um, uh, what they had to deal with with the time change. Yeah, totally agree. Um, any other points that you wanted to make about the Vikings over Saints win that you thought stood out to you? Well, let me ask you this first. Are you a, a Kirk guy? Are you on the Kirk bandwagon? Are you hesitant to be on the Kirk bandwagon? What are your overall thoughts about Kirk? I'm I'm a little hesitant. Now, yeah. I I think Kirk does a good job. I think he's accurate. Um, I think he's smart. I think he's a good team leader. I love the guy, especially off off field. Um, but it comes down to me for the whole like Minnesota thing. I feel like Minnesota fans for a lot of sports are extremely happy being mediocre. Mm, I totally agree with that. My personal opinion, I think, especially offensively, our team is good enough to have gone deeper in the playoffs than we have. And I know Zimmer was an issue and and all of that, but Kirk has been good, not great. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my thing with Kirk. Do I ever think he's going to get us to a Super Bowl? No. 
So are we happy? Are we going to keep extending his contract because we're happy just making the playoffs? That's my issue with Minnesota sports. And that's my issue with Kirk Cousins is I don't think he'll ever take us to the promised land. So why not move on? Yeah, that's always the toughest dilemma with um, any sports team, really. I mean, there's only one team that wins the championship every year. So it's a hard uh, discussion to have. Like, are you content with your team making the playoffs or should you be like going after a championship level team? But then you try to switch up a playoff team and make it a championship level team. And then your team might fall off and be a two or three or four win team if you try to switch up the quarterback position. It is the most important position in sports. I'm a firm believer of that. More important than point guards, more important than anything else. In a team sport, quarterbacks are the most important. So you have to have a good quarterback. And like you said, I mean, if we were to get rid of Kirk and move on to someone else, who's to say that's going to be any better? And it's a big risk. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to this segment. So we got Jake's takes. We've got, um, will Nate take the bait? We had Parker's picks debut last week. And now with the new guest, we got the new segment. And the segment is called Cole's Conundrum. So this is a segment where Cole needs to make a decision. It's a tough decision. Let's put Cole as the GM of the Minnesota Vikings here. Cole is Quessy. Looks a little different. Skin color is a little different. But Cole is Quessy, the Minnesota Vikings decision maker, the man in the front office. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. Okay, Cole's conundrum number one. This is similar to what we just talked about in the last um, little brief conversation we had there. Would you draft a quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins in the upcoming draft? Kind of a cop-out answer for the first one, but I would what? say yes you're, and no. Yes and no. Oh, my explain. gosh. What Come are you, a head coach? You you're really sound like a general manager hey, right now. I was born for it. I was born for it. <laughs> around the bush really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes and no, and here's my thought process. Obviously, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are, are, up, are eligible for the draft this year, and, and they're two great quarterbacks. I'd love to have them both. I don't think we're going to get a chance at either one of them. So it kind of falls down, and that's – where it comes to what I think the next best options for me personally are um, Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback currently, and Will Levis, the Kentucky Mm. quarterback. I like them both because I don't think you can teach athleticism and mobility. And these guys are both 6'3", 6'4", 230 to 240 pounds. They're big boys. Um, They're athletic. They're mobile. I like that a lot. And I'm just... Part of the reason I say no, too, is because I don't want to get rid of Kirk and drafting a quarterback. Mm. So if that's the question, then no. So are you saying that the Minnesota fan problem is really Cole's problem? (laughs) Just content making the playoffs all these times and not trying to get a championship. Well, my thought process behind it is you look at all, not all, most of the elite quarterbacks out there, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, even all the way to like Brett Favre. All of those guys started as a backup Mm. in some capacity for one year, two years, more. And you look at some of these guys who play in their first year, I think you need a year at quarterback to figure out the speed of the game and those decision-making processes and things like that. So I would love to get one of these very athletic guys who isn't quite an NFL talent yet and let them play behind Kirk for a year. I think Kirk would be a great teacher and see how these athletic guys come in their second year. 
if that makes mm-hmm. sense. No, that totally makes sense. I actually had a similar take uh, this offseason that the Vikings should draft a quarterback and let him sit behind Kirk for a year and extend him so the Vikings can make the playoffs another time. All right, Cole's conundrum number two. Now, this is a theory that I have kind of developed. It's underdeveloped right now, but it's in the developing phase. I think if I was the general manager, I'm not the general manager. Cole's the general manager. If I was the general manager, I would trade every first-round draft pick to get a star player in the NFL instead of wasting draft picks. Would you agree or disagree with that? Now, let me give you some reasoning here. Mm-hmm. The Vikings traded Stefan Diggs and got a first-round draft pick. Um, well, I guess that's the exact opposite because then we drafted Justin Jefferson. Well, that doesn't really help my case there. But <laughs> anywho, the Buffalo Bills. Let's use, let's use it as the Buffalo Bills example. The Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. Let's say they 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 traded their first-round draft pick. They got a top three receiver in the NFL on Stefan Diggs. The Los Angeles Rams. They traded all of their draft picks. Basically, got Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller all these superstar players around Matthew Stafford, and then they win the Super Bowl. And first-round draft picks, they're the perfect amount of hope for a general manager to make them believe that they're going to turn it around. But that's just what it is. It's hope. It's not a guarantee. And when you trade for a star player, that's almost a guarantee that he's going to be a great player on that team. Now, the big question is, will he fit into the new system? Um so that's kind of my overall take why teams should trade first round picks for star players. Lewis seen wasn't getting any time at safety before the season. Now broke his ankle may never play again for the Minnesota Vikings. And you can go over the last, what, four years besides the Justin Jefferson selection for the Minnesota Vikings. And they've all been busts. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with what you're saying. What the bigger question for me is, how many first round picks are we giving up for these guys? Like if it's just one or two picks, yeah, no, I'm, I'm willing to take someone um, that's like T Higgins. Now, obviously we don't need a wide receiver, but someone of that caliber that might not be a star star, but a good player. If we're talking like three or four first round picks, I'd be then looking for someone like Michael Parsons or mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, someone a little bit higher caliber. If we're talking five, I'm not, I, I, I'm not doing it at that point. That's giving away your future. Mm-hmm. For sure. I agree with that take. So you got different type of things for different, different. Um, I can't even think of what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, Cole's conundrum. Number three, the Vikings should release Dalvin cook at the end of the season and re-sign Alexander Madison, whose contract um, is up at the end of the season. I, absolutely. This is where uh, I'll tell you point blank. I love Delvin. Delvin's given us a lot of greatness. Don't get me wrong. But uh, by, by getting rid of Delvin, that opens $9 million of cap space up. Based on what I've seen this year, there's been a lot of arm tackles that have brought him down. I, I haven't been super impressed with what he's shown. And it's only been four games. But I also look at teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, who get by with, I mean, good, good running backs, but not top-tier running backs. Derek McKinnon? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think Madison is a really I honestly think he's a really good running back. Um, and if we can save $9 million and maybe spend that on something like defense, um, I'm all for it. Sure. Different strokes for different folks. That's what I was trying to think of before, uh, the, 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 before I ends before, before Cole's conundrum number three. 
That's what I was trying Works to do. Works for this one, too. Just thought about that one. Okay, so that's the decision on Madison versus Cook. Cole's mm. conundrum number four. Now, this is something that you touched on a little bit beforehand. I want to hear your take on this. Make assistant head coach and defensive-minded Mike Pettin the defensive coordinator instead of current defensive coordinator Ed Donatell. Yeah, I, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know a whole lot about our assistant, but I can tell you Ed needs to go. Um, so I'm confident in that I'm not necessarily saying, you know, that's, that's the move. Um, I think everyone was aware that watches the Vikings that our front line defensively was really the only redeeming quality of our defense this year. Mm, yeah. Um, but since in the first four games, I don't feel like we've gotten a lot of pressure in, uh, Ed's whole defensive mindset is to prevent the big plays and allow small chunks. Mm-hmm which just means less rushing. We're 15th in sacks a game. We're 26th in yards per play. And we're 23rd in rushing yards a game. That's supposed to be the one bright side to our defense. And I haven't seen it. Ed's got to go. That's Cole's take on the defensive coordinator position. Cole's conundrum number five. Now, this might be a little bit bold, but this is the conundrum. Look for a tight end to replace Irv Smith Jr. and make Irv Smith Jr. the backup tight end. Ultimately, for me, tight end is like the worst or the least of our worries. So probably not. I mean, I don't think we need to touch on it quite yet. But with that being said, to answer the question, um, I don't I don't love Irv. It would be one thing if when he did play, um, he was just this great tight end for us and uh, really did good things. but. He's been in the league now for, what, three years and hasn't played more than 20 games. And when he does play, it, he's at about a 70% catch rate, um, averaging about 39 yards a game and under a touchdown a game, which obviously don't need to average a touchdown a game. But that's my whole point. If you're going to be hurt all the time when you are playing, you better be pretty darn good if you want to keep your starting spot. And he's always due for at least one drop a game. Now, I don't know if he had one against the Saints, but I didn't really see him get thrown that many passes. The The, the drop against the Eagles, massive. I mean, Huge. he catches that. That's a walk-in touchdown, and we're looking at potentially a different game. Um, he dropped one against the Lions on like a third down, which forced the Vikings to punt, which was huge in that moment because... Uh, the Vikings were struggling to score up until the fourth quarter. Uh, and that could have been a momentum changing catch one right off his hands. Uh, so that's where that conundrum came from. Okay. I didn't give you this one ahead of time, but Cole's conundrum number six, this little surprise conundrum bonus conundrum. The NFL should do what the MLB does in blowouts. When a team is down by 10 runs in the MLB, they bring in a random right fielder to pitch the eighth or ninth inning. The NFL should do the exact same thing, but for the quarterback position. When there's a team down by 30 points in the NFL, 25 points in the NFL in the fourth quarter, the NFL should bring in the punter, a right tackle, a defensive end, a cornerback to play quarterback for the rest of the game. I love it. That is the that is the best thing I think I've heard on your podcast. I'm totally on board with that. I just say that whoever they bring in should be the heaviest man on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Defensive tackle as the quarterback, <laughs> finishing the game down 25 points. 
Who knows? They could have a cannon. Yeah. I mean, what if we're talking about a hidden gem here? You know how <laughs> baseball, they bring in the right fielder and he's throwing in pitches going like 55, 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Let's see this defensive tackle run the read option with a running back. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's harder for those MLB guys to hit a ball going so slow. It's tough for them to get used to it. Maybe, you know, we put a, a defensive tackle in there and guys don't know what to do with him. We QB sneak and they can't tackle him. Who knows? Maybe it's a good call. <laughs> oh, that's the last Cole's conundrum. Well, Cole, is there any other things that you wanted to share about joining the Minnesota Tim podcast for the first time? Could be about the Vikings, could be about State Farm, could be about uh, anything in your world that you want to share. Oh, man, I just want to thank you, Minnesota Tim, for having me on. It's uh, It's been a blast. And just real quick, uh, I'm a firm believer that the NFL should be playing more than once a week. So that's a conversation <laughs> for next week, maybe. Wait, 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 hold on. Maybe we should keep this towards next week. You, you just kind of, uh, you hinted at that, the little tease for next week. The ML, the, wait, so Major League Baseball plays, what, six or seven games a week. NBA plays four or five games a week. Here's Cole. After Tua Tungabailoa's injury, <laughs> he gets concussed on Sunday. They say it's a back injury. Plays Thursday, gets concussed, carted off the field. <laughs> Maybe not the best time to say this. <laughs> Team positions get uh, fired for the decision-making of Tua. And here's Cole saying the NFL should play twice a week. Let's, let's have this conversation right now. we got eight and a half minutes left. The NFL should play more than once a week. Explain yourself, please. All right. Um, Well, let me just touch on what you had said. Yes, obviously, if we have people that are actually checking for injuries properly, they should not be playing more than once a week. But that's true (laughs) for any sport, in my opinion. The reason I think NFL, or really, honestly, football as a whole, from high school to college to the professional, they play once a week. And they should be playing a lot more. Here's a my thought. A lot more. Point. What do you mean by a lot more? Probably twice a week. Twice a week. Okay. Probably the most makes sense. And honestly, I'm saying this without a real thought of how it would work. Um, so so you're here's my like thought a thought Sunday point. and Monday game back to back. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we screw the the Sundays and we're playing, you know, Monday Fridays. I I don't know how it looks, but the NFL games on average last three hours and 12 minutes. Okay. All right. Um, did you know that live action minutes, it is the lowest amount of live action minutes out of any major sport? Okay. I did not know that. Right now, there are 11 to 15 total minutes of live action play in a football game. In a baseball game, there's 14 to 18 minutes, and that's the second closest. Hmm. So, Pretty comparable, but 11 to 15 minutes of live action. You only play one side of the ball. So let's just say, you know, it's a 12-minute live action game. You're only on the field for six of those minutes. And how many times are all of those guys hit? Now, don't get me wrong. I think the offensive line gets sore after those games. (laughs) I think the defensive line gets sore after those games. But beyond that, you can't tell me the quarterback needs a full week to replenish their body. And quarterbacks all of that. get hit pretty good too. Sure, very, very true. But when you flip it on its head and you see that the NBA plays an average of three and a half games a week, and most of the time they have more travel because you're not playing in a division. Um, the average NBA player plays 23 minutes a game. 
the average NBA starter plays 32 minutes a game. Hmm. And they're running nonstop. Yeah. They're not getting hit, but they're running back and forth. So my thought process was maybe um, you need that much time to game prep and things like that. But I have now asked three different collegiate football players who all say, no, you do not need seven days to game prep. So my question is, why aren't we playing more than once a week? Hmm. Well, my answer would be you got 275 pounds going against 275 pounds. Let's just say Dalvin Cook, for example, and I don't know, a linebacker in the NFL, but uh, Micah Parsons. Dalvin Cook is about to collide with Micah Parsons. It's going to hurt. Badly. Badly. And you expect him to work. I mean, players are already complaining about Thursday night football. And you've already seen, I, don't, I guess I don't know the statistics, so I can't say it, but players are saying they're getting injured more on Thursday night football because the games are so close together. The question I have as a follow-up to that is, would you, would you argue, Minnesota Tim, that hockey is more or less straining on the body? Hmm. I would say, oh, it's a tough one. Pretty comparable. Yeah, it is pretty comparable. I would say less. I, I think, I don't know. I mean, when you think about their ice time, they're only out there for 30 seconds at a time, and then they get a break. And I would argue, I mean, I've, I've received a lot of hate for this, but in, in the NHL, I would argue that, of course, there's a lot of skating hard out there. I'm not denying that they have to sprint sometimes. But when you watch it closely, sometimes they're coasting out there on their skates. You know, when the, when, when the puck goes into the corner and there's one guy sprinting hard after it, all the other guys are kind of coasting towards the area where, where the guy sprinting after it can um, pass the ball, pass the puck. Mm-hmm. So I would say football is much harder on the body than hockey. And you might be right. I don't uh, don't play hockey, but that is just kind of my follow up question. And I don't know how it would work. And, and you're right in the sense that you take a big hit, can't play that soon. My whole thought is it would just require people teams to carry bigger uh, death charts, more more players. Um, I would assume if you were playing multiple times a week, it would make more money for the NFL. But like you said, players are already uh, complaining about the Thursday nights. So the players association is never going to let it happen. I just, I'm a firm believer that you can't, I mean, they play on average six live minutes a game and you might get hit six times max for most players, unless you're a running back. So you're saying NFL players are soft. You said it, I didn't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm saying that you said that. You're saying you're saying the NFL players are soft. I don't know if I'd say soft, uh, but I think that they kind of sounds like it. Are overamped. Mm. They play once a week. They play once a week and they get paid millions of dollars. Um, when you have other sports that are playing multiple times a week, more minutes and running harder for longer periods of time that get paid less mm. okay well i might send this into to a tongue of Iloa's agent and see what he has to say about your recent comments about the nfl um only playing once a week yeah he'll probably ask me to be his new personal trainer <laughs> <laughs> all right cole thank you so much cole's conundrum the latest episode the newest segment on the minnesota tim podcast i'm sure he'll be back for more very very soon cole thanks for the time thanks tim 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.